Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. This one is going to be a great episode. We're going to talk about a little bit of a different topic to some of the other focuses of the show, and that is going to be all things wholesale. Can you start a wholesale income stream on the side of your private label brand? How do you do it? What are the things you should be looking out for? All of those nuggets coming up, and to talk through that, we have a wholesale wizard with us on the show today, Isaiah Fritz. Welcome to the show today, Isaiah. Hey, thank you so much, Ben. I'm, I'm excited and not only to talk about wholesale, but taking that to the next level and exclusive wholesale. Ooh, you got some, uh, you got me excited there. I'm <laughs> looking forward to talking about that. It's yeah. going to be good. I, I think it's a topic that, uh, well, I know in our community, it often comes up because as you're building a private label brand, you know, the, the goal is to try and, you know, leave as much money in it as possible to snowball it and, you know, look towards that exit. And then the issue of cash flow comes up. Well, I sure would love a, you know, maybe a more cash flowing business. And maybe you'll kind of tell me that this is one of the myths of wholesale. It's not, as, you know, as good cash flow as, as maybe I said, but we'll get into all that obviously but the conversations we have are uh, could this be uh, like a side hustle on my side hustle or yeah. could this become even sometimes a, the, the main thing i know for a lot of people wholesale um is a you know the main thing and it can grow absolutely massive so i think there's um you know a, a concept uh, uh, maybe some misconceptions about what wholesale is um and what can be possible with it so i'm excited to, to yeah, dive into it with you um before we do get into the, the the meat and the bones of what wholesale is and how to really um master it. Give us a bit of a background about yourself, what your uh, you know history has been, and, and what's got you to this point now. Absolutely. So, then I uh, did not start with private label. I started with buying stuff at yard sales with nice. my mom, and <laughs> then flipping it on eBay, right? And yeah. then I got into flipping stuff on Amazon. So, uh, I kind of was always in just the flipping uh, business. And then kind of gradually doing that more and more, I got into retail arbitrage, which is going to retail stores, mm -hmm. buying products on clearance and scanning them with your Amazon app and selling them on Amazon. So then naturally, after you do that for a while, you the next step is wholesale, where you're saying, hey, you know, I'm buying this product at retail stores, but I'm limited to the amount of stock that is at my local uh, Walmart or whatever. So I, I need to be able to have more volume. So that is just the natural next step for a arbitrage seller is wholesale. And so, so that's kind of how I got to it. Um, and you know, there was a lot of ups and downs in betweens. Um, at one point in 2018, 17, right in that area, uh, Amazon sent me a notice and said, Hey, we've had a few counterfeit complaints. And I said, counterfeit complaints, okay. They said, uh, if you can't prove that these products are not counterfeit, we are completely shutting down your account. And as of right now, there will be a hold on all the money uh, that we are not giving you any disbursements at all. And so, uh, so I was like, okay, all right. So I, I went and got invoices from my you know, uh, liquidation and retail stores and all this. And, and Amazon was not accepting it. They were saying, no, we want invoices from the manufacturers or distributors. So I couldn't provide that. So Amazon had eventually, and two months later, shut down my account, held over $40,000 from me, which was everything I had at that time when I was just getting started in the whole Amazon game. I was only in it for like a year and a half at that point, two years. So I was, you know, I was building momentum. Yeah. Um, and, 
And so, yeah, I couldn't get a hold of, of anyone, everything. Amazon sent me, like, was that, you know, robotic response to everything. Mm. And so finally, uh, I had, you know, I was hiring some consultants and everything. Um, so I was shut down for eight months. I eventually got a hold of an Amazon, um, uh, as many Amazon leadership VPs, directors, whatever I could find on LinkedIn. And because I had never used LinkedIn before that, but somebody said, hey, try LinkedIn. And so I, I tried it and I eventually got a hold of Jeff Bezos's technical advisor. So what that is, is there every year Jeff Bezos would have a technical advisor, which was basically a shadow. So the current CEO, Andy uh, Jassy at, at Amazon, was Jeff Bezos's technical advisor in, in the late 90s for a year and would shadow Jeff Bezos and, and just help him, you know, throughout his day. And, and, and basically Jeff Bezos could download on this person and then this person would be put into some sort of leadership position in Amazon. So the so I got a hold of his technical advisor that year in 2017-18 and uh I got a call within 2 days from Seattle uh which from from his assistant that said, "Hey, we're really sorry. We personally apologize what Amazon's done to you and uh here's all your money and uh here's your account back and um and so I was just like, wow. "Thank you. Thank you so much. I was crying." Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so anyway, so that really pushed me to say I need to buy from manufacturers or distributors. I, I have to go into wholesale. Um, that's my only option because I'm not going to go through this again, right? Mm-hmm. Or not do Amazon at all, which I was highly considering not doing Amazon at all and just doing real estate or something else. Uh, um, but I found out, it was like, you know, the only thing I've ever done with my life is flip products online. So I guess I'll stick to it for a little longer. So, yeah. so anyway, so that's that's how I really, my journey really started with developing many, uh, manufacturer distributor relationship. Yeah. And what does the week look like for you now? Are you still doing a lot of wholesale stuff? Uh, I know you've got sort of different events and stuff, which we can, you know, talk about as well. Um, but what's the what's like an average week for you at the moment? What's the f- focus for you? So that's so. Well, I will say that what I'm currently doing in my business is the last few years we've been transitioning from resale wholesale to exclusive wholesale or brand partnership. So the problem with wholesale is that you're competing against a bunch of other wholesalers, and you're all in the same mason. And a lot of times it's a big price war. Yeah, because you know, you got everybody's got stock at FBA, and you're just trying to sell it, and the price is going to to the bottom. So, um, yes, there's still there's always been money in wholesale. There there always will be some money in wholesale, but it's hard to really scale a business that you can't really predict. You know, this might be a really good seller this month, but it might be a really bad seller next month. So mm-hmm. we've been focusing on exclusive wholesale relationships where we are going directly to the brands and saying, hey. Instead of you worrying about Amazon and having all these wholesalers do it or, or you just putting any thought into it, we'll just buy your product wholesale and mm-hmm. sell it on Amazon and be the only seller and do all of your advertising, all of your um, you know, uh, picture updates and A-plus content, storefronts and you know everything there is with Amazon, keyword research, SEO, all that. Mm-hmm. We'll do the full package. And they, what they've done, they've already built demand. They've already built a brand. They've already have the product. They have the customers. We're just optimizing on Amazon, mm-hmm. and we're getting 
a a uh, a sliver of that with margin, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really where we're transitioning with online selling partner, mm-hmm. uh, which is my brand, is to really focus on that model. Okay. And what we've seen is is that model is 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 way more successful, and it's also way better for the brands that you're working with. So I think um, that exclusive wholesale is something that is not really spoken about at all or very much. There's not a lot of companies out there that want to put that much time and energy into a brand um, that they're working with to to do like a one-stop shop. A lot of people just want to, hey, I just want to buy a product, uh, you know, from a distributor and buy a pallet of it and then throw it on Amazon and boom, I'll make money. Mm. It's not that simple. I wish it was, Uh, (laughs) you know. It, it, okay, it's that simple, but it never lasts. It never lasts for you're buying the same product for years and years. It's always like that product sells really well for a couple months until another wholesale company figures out where you're getting it from and, and the same thing. It's this constant churn, constant churn. Yeah. So when we're in the wholesale business, it's hard for us to be selling the same product for more than like three to six months um, okay. unless you have some sort of really deep relationship with the brand at whatever level. Yeah. So. If you uh, spoke to someone that's just started to get into this kind of business now, then would you say completely avoid the traditional form of wholesale or would you say it's a good place to get started and, and learn the process and then move on to what you're doing or yeah, straight into what you're doing? You know, I think that um, if you're completely new to Amazon, you know, just just starting small at mm-hmm. regular yeah. wholesale, regular uh, Going to stores, flipping product, you gotta get you gotta get experience under your belt and just get some cash flow going. One thing you said before, and I don't think is a myth, is with compared to private label, wholesale you make money a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Like with private label, you know, you're you might be six months a year out until you're mm-hmm. actually can bring something yeah. home. Yeah. Uh, because you're just reinvesting and you're growing your brand, yeah. which is great. Private label is better in the long run because you have a brand. You have something that is a sellable asset, something mm. that's, that that could cash flow for years and years or whatever. Mm. If you really build a brand, don't just mm. build a private label business that is a commoditized product, something yeah. like don't just sell another rubber ducky, right? Just build a brand, right? So I think um, I think with, with wholesale that it's a, it's a great there's always money in it. It's a great way to just make quick cash. If you find a deal, like it's an arbitrage thing. You say, Hey, I can buy this at this distributor for this price. And I can, and it's selling on Amazon for, for this price. I can make some money in between. Don't think it's going to be like that for years and years because it probably won't be. But at the moment you seize the opportunity, you grab it and you make it happen. And it's great. And there's people that do it at scale, but I've, it's a really hard business to to scale um, profitably yeah. in a very high level. Um, but there's a lot of people that do and, and, and make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. I'll say one of my best wholesale flips was in 2020, everyone wanted yeast because they were making bread at home, right? So, uh, so what, I was, what I found out is I could buy a pound of yeast for $2.50 and uh, wholesale and then sell it. Uh, the normal price on Amazon was like $9, but because of the pandemic, the supply and demand, the price was going up to 20, 25, you know, 20, $25. So not like a huge price increase compared to some things, but it was enough where all that extra money was just bottom line profit. Because mm-hmm. you know, with Amazon fees, if you're selling something at $8, $9, Amazon fees and shipping take up most of your profit right there. Yeah, so yeah. 
if you're just adding an extra ten dollars on top of it, that's just profit in your in in, in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to get a hold of like twenty thousand uh, plus units of of uh, of yeast mm-hmm. and sell them all in like a week <laughs> because wow. it was such a high demand, <laughs> like twenty twenty five dollars. So I made a, a couple hundred thousand dollars in That's like insane. less than a week. Yeah, but then I couldn't find any more yeast because all the distributors <laughs> were sold out. Right. So like I said, it worked really well, and then. I had back orders for more yeast, and when yeast, when my back orders finally came in, the yeast price on Amazon had dropped back to ten dollars, eight dollars. Yeah. So then it was a break-even or loss. I actually lost on on some of my second orders, but I made enough profit in the beginning where I was like, "Wow, this is a lot of money," you know, and uh, just on one flip like that. So, so there's definitely money in wholesale, especially if you could find deals like that. I definitely don't find deals like that every day. Um, but, uh, if you, the best way to find, uh, I, I know I'm kind of getting into everything, but no, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. But for me, the best way to find uh, good partners, good brands to start working with is, is look for, I, I always tell people, is there anything on Amazon that you've ever searched for that was either more expensive than normal or wasn't there? And so those two things, if you've ever had that in your own experience or ask your friends, they're like, you know what, I was looking for that on Amazon, I couldn't find it, or it was way more expensive on Amazon than it was everywhere else. Those are opportunities. Those are places where you can go and say, hey, if it's not on Amazon, it's a really easy conversation to have with a company, with a distributor that's, you know, to say, hey, I can get that on Amazon. Or if it's higher than everywhere else, there's probably a, a arbitrage that you can make. And so, you might be wondering how do you build relationships with brands and, and buy the product? It's actually really simple. All you have to do is is identify the brand you want to go after and reach out to them and say, hey, can I buy direct from you or do you have a list of distributors that I can work with? Sometimes the brands are, are getting way more controlled on their distribution, but if it's a small brand, which I would recommend starting with small brands or brands that um, you know, are not on Amazon. They're a lot more lenient to just let anybody buy. But brands that have more experience and bigger, it's going to be harder. Like, it's going to be harder for you to go out and sell Apple phones or mm. KitchenAid mixers and stuff because they have a very, you know, mature business. A very, you know, you, you know, don't try. So just just try to go after the niches because the riches are made in the niches, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so it's very easy. And then, I mean, I remember even. Uh, Hasbro, you know, as big as that company was, they sent me a list of distributors. I just said, hey, I would want a list of distributors. And they sent me a list of distributors. And I started reaching out to those distributors and was able to get the hot toys at Christmas time, right? You know, I only made money at Christmas because it was only the hot toys or whatever. And you have to time it right and everything. But it's fun. It's arbitrage is fun. Wholesale is fun if you like playing that game. But it's hard. It's not like private label where it's long term money. Yeah, yeah. Do you, because one of the things that we would do with private label, for instance, is fire up one of the tools, you know, is putting certain criteria, uh, you know, X amount of revenue, uh, you know, X amount of reviews, all that kind of stuff. Is that something that you would do to get like a wider view for wholesale or are you very much down that manual approach that you mentioned there? Um, there are tools out there um, that I use now, like especially as I'm scaling my business, I'm doing bigger. I mean, if you're starting out, I would just start without the tools because here's the thing everybody uses the tools 
So mm. those opportunities you find on tools, some bigger wholesale company out there, because there's some pretty decent sized wholesale companies out there, are probably already going after that opportunity, and you're just a, um, you know, you're you're behind after it shows up in the data. But uh, a lot of it's weird in the wholesale. You kind of a lot of them think backwards. First, they find a distributor, and a distributor might carry ten thousand different SKUs. They'll find all these SKUs, which will and and they'll have a list of SKUs that'll have um, UPC codes, and then you take those UPC codes. And then you put them through a tool. Uh, there's a lot out there. We use uh, a tool called analyzer.tools. Mm-hmm. Um, we also use tactical arbitrage mm-hmm. where you can find, you, you can put in your list of, of UPCs, thousands of UPCs, and, and it'll say, hey, this is profitable. This is not, you know. Mm-hmm. And they kind of work a backwards approach sure. where private label, you're kind of going in the other way. So, mm-hmm. um, but there is a, a tool called Smart Scout that we mm-hmm. use. That we is looking at all the brands on Amazon, and you're you can put in filters like, hey, I want brands that there's there's already maybe five or ten um, Amazon FBA sellers selling it, and I think sometimes people think if there's already five or ten sellers, then I can be the the eleventh and still make money. Yeah. I mean, if that's your model, there is money to be made there, or. Um, and you could filter out, hey, I want brands with this size and blah, blah, blah. And you could do all your filters and, and come out with, hey, here's here's a list of brands um, that you would be, that I might try to contact for wholesale. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's that's kind of, uh, Scott Needham has a lot of good content. Mm. Yeah, I follow Scott. Yeah, he's... He's yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's great. I love I love his stuff. Um, yeah. But on the whole, I don't know. Obviously, as you can probably tell, much about the subject um, on the whole. So I, I just thought it'd be cool to maybe just throw some myths at you. Uh, you know, that are common things that are here, and you can well, dispel them or otherwise. Um, like the first one that I I suppose have feared in the past and thought, well, I don't want to do that in case it affects my account. Is um, as you mentioned at the start. You know, counterfeit claims issues with having yes. to prove where you got the products from is this like a widespread issue um with wholesale or are there things you can do to um as long as you as long as you're getting good invoices from reputable suppliers uh or distributors that mm-hmm. in, in that supply chain can link back to the manufacturing point yeah um you have no problems i okay. haven't had any problems like i said I, I still sell lots of wholesale today of, of products where you get into issues is if you just buy pallets from a random liquidation supplier and stuff. That's where you kind of get into more mm-hmm. of that issues. I actually tried that. Literally, it must have been four or five years ago. There was a a guy on the Helium 10 podcast years ago talking about how he'd made loads of money doing these liquidation pallets. And, you know, it's the next big thing. And I tried it because I thought, you know, as we're talking about now, like a little bit of a side hustle on the side of the private label stuff to help with cash flow. And um, it was such hard work, man. Such oh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> now, it, it, it's hard work. It's, it's a full-time job. But... Um, yeah, I don't recommend getting in liquidation now for Amazon. Yeah, maybe for eBay or other channels, uh, local selling or something, but not not for Amazon. Amazon's just becoming way too controlled, and they're trying mm. to become more of a brand centric mm. market- marketplace, which is good for us. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the other thing that you could do is if you know of brands that you like or that are not on Amazon or 
you know they have major problems on Amazon. Either they're they're not even FBA or they're they only have like one photo on their listings or whatever. You know, those are also good wholesale opportunities where you can have a, a brand partnership is what I'm doing, mm-hmm. where I'm going to them and saying, Hey, how about like let us just sell your stuff? Let us be the only seller. We'll buy the products wholesale. We'll sell it on. There's no Amazon. There's no risk to you. This is 100% um, all upside, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think like it's it's easy. It's it's fairly easy to convince smaller brands to do that. I mean, it gets more challenging where I'm at. Where like my minimum brand, I want them to be doing like a million dollars a year on Amazon and such. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. As we've gotten bigger, it's you know it's harder to convince these bigger brands. But the smaller brands, they they would love for someone to go out there and represent them and and put the work into it. And yeah, yeah. and I think I think it can be very lucrative. Um, I'll tell you, the first brand I did it with was a local candle company. I literally just typed in manufacturers near me. I went and knocked on doors, found this candle company, and they and said, hey. Can I sell your products on Amazon? They said, "Well, we we have somebody that's already doing that." And, and I said, "Well, give me a chance." So my first month, I sold a thousand candles, and the other guy sold eighteen. <laughs> and so they said, "All right, we'll let you represent our brand." And so I ended up building that into a two million of dollar a year revenue brand in just a couple years. Very just cool. and they were already on D 2 C. They already had the demand. They had a very unique product, and it worked well for a while. Um, you know, obviously then just like with anything, lots of Chinese competitors came and lots of, you know, so that really diluted the market and it was a lot harder to sell. It was a USA made candle product. Um, and it was hard. Anyway, it, the relationship got rocky, um, in the last couple of years, but for a while there, it was great. And it was really got my feet wet on how to, to really represent a brand. And if you're already doing it on private label, they've already there's a lot of brands that already did a lot of the hard work. They already got the 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 product, they market fit. They are, they're already spending money on ads. They're already driving traffic and, mm-hmm. and eyeballs to Amazon, even if they mean to or not. Because people, you know, 70% of people will choose Amazon if given the option, in America anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they, they want that prime shipping and everything. And so if mm-hmm. they're underrepresented on Amazon, just getting that that extra channel you know you're just you're just tapping into a market they've already created um, and you can maybe optimize it and make it better so that's that's something that i highly recommend everybody do is is to really consider if you're a private label seller it's not hard it's a very adjacent territory Mm -hmm. to to reach out to other brands and say like hey i'm doing this for my brand Mm -hmm. look how successful i'm doing it yeah yeah i can also do this for your brand at Mm -hmm. no cost to you and I think that is, I always say that to our community, it's such a good opportunity to increase your income streams. If you get good at selling on Amazon, e-commerce, it doesn't have to be Amazon, could be, uh, you know, email, it could be uh, yes. paid traffic. Well, you know, if you get good at certain disciplines within e-commerce, there's so much money to be made by helping other brands with these services, you know, because there's lots of big brands, like you've mentioned, that don't want to get into all the details of selling on Amazon, the details of running Facebook at you know they'd rather just pay someone to do it well for them you know and and get it off their plate so there's you know it's very i like how you said that there that actually you can take these skills that you've built up by creating your own listing creating your own a plus content you know all that stuff and then bringing it over to 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 wholesale as well so yeah it's um 
it's, it's interesting. So you, are you then buying the products? You, you don't have like a, a revenue share deal or anything like that. You're simply buying the products in bulk from them at wholesale prices. Yes, we're buying in bulk at wholesale prices, and we obviously look at the numbers with them. And sometimes, you know, we're, we try not to be greedy, right? We're, we try to take as little margin that still makes sense. Where sometimes it's cheap, it, we, we buy at a better price than some of their other wholesale partners be, mm. because, you know, we know that it's better for the long term relationship. Uh, because they might be, th- we want to have them long term, right? We yeah. don't want them thinking like in three years, well, what, you know, they're taking so much margin. Why don't we do this ourselves? Like, we mm-hmm. want to constantly provide more value that it doesn't make sense for them to do it themselves. Yeah. It's like, it's like, why, why would I invest all the time and energy when, uh, because it does. Amazon takes a lot of time and energy, and, mm-hmm. and everybody does this. I mean, there's, there's nothing in wholesale or business that is a get rich quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just get rich easier <laughs> than yeah, yeah, yeah. the other things, right? <laughs> yeah, so sure, I think, sure. uh, so, so yeah, so that, I, I think that if you take your skill sets that you already have and you can just apply them to another brand, mm-hmm. it is, it, it, you're setting yourself up for something like private label. It's long-term money. You can deal with that brand for five, 10 years mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you, 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 you'll be able to deal with a product that you love and mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a lot better model, and so. How are yeah. you? How are you ensuring that exclusivity? Are you getting sort of binding contracts? contracts right yeah, now? yeah. We have we have an actual exclusive contracts, and that we're the only distributor on Amazon and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, in terms of then, uh, just some other you know myths to try and round out the yes, whole uh, perception <laughs> and, and concept. You've mentioned there about margins because that was one of them. Yes. Is there's a common, um, you know, feeling maybe in our private label world that to do wholesale or arbitrage, there's very thin margins. Speaking to that for Sometimes. us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's private label sellers that are on thin margins, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's every business. There's 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 private label sellers that are on negative margin, and there's mm-hmm. wholesale people that are on negative margin. So yeah. it just totally depends. I mean, if you're getting deals like I was with the yeast, then that's yeah. great margins, right? And we're turning two dollars and fifty cents into you know ten dollars profit. I mean, that's a four x your ROI, right? Yeah. So you know there it. it I've always had very healthy margins with wholesale. I've I've always had, if you look at it from a top down, if uh, I'm 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 always been around twenty percent margin, fifteen percent at the low ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I mean, but you're always gonna have a bad buy. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna have something that just flops and you lose money on. I always tell my guys, we just want to win more than we lose, right? Yeah, so yeah, sure. just make sure that we're we're winning more than we lose. Uh, so I've never had. You know, too much issues. Just it, it goes into it, it be, at the beginning. I lost money because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, mm-hmm. just like anybody. So mm-hmm. you you just yeah. get some some mistakes under your belt, and you can kind of say, hey, you know, I'm not going to do that again. I I mis mm-hmm. you know miscalculated that or whatever. And I have a little drawer in my desk, not in this desk, but my my home de- office desk, and it is my mistake drawer. And whenever I make like a major mistake, I put some sort of memorabilia into that drawer that I can open up. And one of the things that I'm thinking of right now was a wholesale mistake. I have a little Microsoft cable. And this cable I bought wholesale. 
And it, you know, I was using those UPC tools and the UPC tool said, this is a great deal. It's a great deal. And so I went and I listed on Amazon and everything. Well, turns out it was a different cable than the ASIN that was being advertised on Amazon. So everybody was getting the wrong cable. And I ended up, you know, losing lots of money on that uh, because I had to return all the inventory and, you know, all that stuff. So it, but it was a lesson for me to say, just because the UPC tool says that it's the right product, yeah. doesn't mean it's the right product. Double check, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, sure. and then when you're, you know, so there's just a lot of different mistakes that you make early on. And I'm still making lots of mistakes, but you just constantly get better. And I think Dave Ramsey just said something on a podcast where, um, he's made way more mistakes in number than successes. So his successes are just him standing on a pile of mistakes that he's made yeah. over the years. And so I think that's pretty general in any business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a quote running around the back of my head that I'm trying to remember about um, mistakes, but it's, uh, it might come to me in a minute and it's, yeah. the moment will have passed, but still it might sound good. Um, the, the other one that I wanted to uh, ask about is you're sitting there in uh, an office, you've got people walking around, you know, yeah. and that's, uh, you know, I thought about wholesalers, am I going to need a warehouse? Where am I going to put all this stuff? How do you deal with that? Well, I've always, uh, you had my own where I've, I've, had my own uh, I would say distribution center even when it was just me like I would buy the product ship it to my house you know and then ship it to FBA so I've always done it myself there are people now that you uh, use 3PLs to start um, mm -hmm. there's 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 3PLs that are getting a lot better at wholesale than they were yeah. 10 years ago nine years ago when I started so I think that there's a big opportunity in that. I don't have a lot of experience using 3PLs for uh, wholesale. I mean, if you're if you're buying a lot of the same item, I could see it being very easy to use a 3PL. Yeah. Um, the problem is a lot of times, like I'll buy like a case of this, a case of this, or you know, like, and then you're testing things out. So. Um, so it's not required to have a big warehouse and everything. It's just the way I started. It's the way I'm doing it, and it and it works for us. I have good people, um, but I know like Scott Needham, he was like, man, if I would do it over, because he had a big wholesale business, he says I would, uh, I would totally just do three PLs and just mm -hmm. not worry about it because it's just having a warehouse and having all that is just another headache. Um, and if you could give that headache to someone else, then then great. And that's, but that's anyway. This is the path I chose, and and I, you know, thankfully have a good team that that does it. But I always have it in the back of my mind. I could go to three PLs, and I've, I'm always like getting quotes from three PLs just to stay fresh and realize, okay, it's still cheaper for me to do it myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. eventually, I, uh, uh, you know, could could do that. But you also. It's, it's there's something nice about having control uh, of your products that you yeah. you're you're going to care about it more than other people. So I, I mean, I would recommend starting off doing it yourself, and so you learn it, so then yeah. you're you could be more comfortable. But um, yeah. anyway, I heard someone say many years ago, and it's always stuck with me that uh, you know success in business as in life is less about resources and much more about resourcefulness. Yeah. I think that if you've got someone that really does want to start a business, whether that's wholesale, arbitrage, private label, whatever it is, um, you know, w w winners find a way to win. And if you've got a small amount of money, 
um, you know, and you can't afford a warehouse, then again, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there's, you know, you could always get stuff shipped to your house, right? You know, if you want to start with 500 units, 1,000 units of a product, as long as it's not, um, you know, a spare wheel for a tractor, right? It's, there's going to be space in most people's houses for 500 to 1,000 units of a product that you can sit there after you get back from work, label it up, get it into an Amazon warehouse. You know, you don't need a warehouse to begin as such. Um, yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I worked at my garage for a long time. I actually yeah. built a three-car garage for my wholesale business. And nice. I thought, man, I would never, never grow out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And then final myth that I could kind of think of is everyone talks about the benefit of a private label brand is you can sell it. It's an asset. That's can true. a wholesale business be sold? Is it an asset? I'm going to say it can be sold for a lot lower multiples. If, but I have seen them sold, mm -hmm. but very rarely and a lot lower multiples. So okay. the, that is, is something that I would, I would, because it's such a variable because you might not be selling the same price. It's more about the deal than it is about long-term. Now yeah. exclusive wholesale is a different story. If you have exclusive contracts with brands that says, Hey, I, I'm the only person who's allowed to sell this product mm. you can sell that Yeah, yeah. I, my business. I believe is a lot higher multiple because mm. of that, because mm. I am the sole exclusive distributor for XYZ companies. Now, at still, even my business is a lower multiple business than private label. Private label will be the highest multiple business. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I know that's category dependent, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as, as a general rule, yeah. But as a general rule, I would rather have, you know, 10 awesome private label brands and, and with lower revenues than, than what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, I, I would say my, my goal is you might be asking, well, why don't you just focus on private label? I did a few private label brands in the beginning and I just didn't focus on brand. I focused on just commoditized products and the Chinese beat me, you know, mm. very easily. So uh, what I decided is how about I do my model where I can make cash flow quicker i'm actually making money you know quicker mm -hmm. but i'm learning from all these brands i'm working with because all these brands that i'm working with they all have built their own private label brands right you know in a bigger scale and when i launch my private label brands i want to be able to launch them uh as successfully as possible i want to launch multi-million dollar brands i don't want to launch you know a yeah you know, something that I'm making an extra 50 grand a year on. It's like, that's mm -hmm. not exciting to me. It's like, I want to, I want to do something that I'm going to do an extra, you know, a million, $5 million in revenue. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what my goal is. And so that's the the reason behind what I'm doing. So maybe in a couple of years after I really get educated, it's like, boom, now I have all my resources together, a plan and everything where I can just launch a $5 million brand overnight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's really wise. A lot of wisdom in there. Um, final question then just about for uh, private label brands that maybe want to sell their products wholesale to other distributors. Oh, oh um, watch out on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Obviously, I know the dynamic might be a little bit different because a lot of our listeners will already be selling on Amazon, so they won't necessarily be looking for someone to sell on Amazon. But, uh, right. you know, whether it's big sort of retail partners or anything like that, um, I suppose it was just more the skew economics, you know, in terms of what kind of uh, prices should people be looking 
looking for a wholesale to make it work because I, I know maybe expectations might be a bit, a bit different to reality. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anything else sounds like maybe you have some warnings for people. So uh, yeah. Well, the biggest thing we see is brands that um, go in and say, hey, I'm going to sell to everybody and I'm going to have this massive distribution. I'm going to make way more money. Um, and then what happens is is they already have a really good Amazon ASIN, so then a lot of people come and they're like, you know, other wholesalers are like, hey, I'm going to buy your product and I'm going to sell it on Amazon and then compete against you and then lower your price and then it's just a mess, right? Yeah. So be really careful on who you're selling to. And even if you think you're selling to some reputable, you know, distributor, you, you never know. So, But there's things you can do, uh, things you can put in place to um, uh, to to mitigate that. One thing is selling what you sell wholesale as a different UPC, as a different SKU, even though it's very similar to the one you have on Amazon, mm -hmm. but make it different so that you can separate those distribution-wise. And then if they jump on, you can prove to Amazon and say, hey, that's not even the right SKU. That's not even the right product. So mm -hmm. I think um, that that's probably one of the easiest ways to do at the beginning. If you're going to go wholesale, I would highly recommend that. And I've also would recommend being channel specific on your UPCs and SKUs, even if you go to Target, Costco, or et cetera. Because what's gonna happen is these discount retailers like Costco, Sam's Club, and there's BJ's and all the discount retailers, they're gonna want something better and or a cheaper price than everyone else because they're yeah. gonna wanna sell volume or even Walmart, right? So if, if you keep a separate SKU each uh, channel, you can track those things better and you can also, say, hey, well, this is a different SKU, this is a bundle, this is a whatever, to, mm -hmm. to kind of give a better experience to yeah. your um, to your channels. So that's, yeah. that's one thing I would recommend if you're getting into that. Yeah. And then you asked a question about SKU economics. Yeah, so just in terms of if someone did want to sell wholesale, mm -hmm. um, okay, for instance, you buy wholesale. Yes. Right? What, what are you looking for? Is it um, you know fifty percent of your then target selling price, forty percent, thirty percent? What, what depends what, on the category. Sure. So um, electronics is and like like uh, appliances and stuff, mm -hmm. they can be as low as like a three percent margin for the reseller. Mm. like as low as that right which yeah. is terrible there's no way you're mm. making money that's why you don't see a lot of people like um wholesaling uh, tvs or mm. like that because it just it doesn't make sense um so but if you're in something like toys and games it's mm. very uh, the common thing is called a keystone which mm. keystoning mm. is 50 percent off of your retail price right okay um and then so yeah, that's that's pretty common in most like mm -hmm. hard goods and stuff. Uh, you know, food kind of has its own weird margins. Yeah, you know, grocery stores take low margins. So you kind of just it's very channel specific, and I think yeah. you just kind of have to jump in with your product to see mm -hmm. what you can get. Um, but you, it's like you want to sell it low enough where your wholesalers can make a, a good profit, but yeah. also at the same yeah. time you don't want to 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 mess up your your Amazon. Um, by having your wholesalers selling at way lower prices than Amazon, which maybe might be a good idea. I don't know. I mean, it totally depends on you um, because, I mean, you know your Amazon SKU economics. You know, it's probably going to be 30 40 50% after ads. Mm -hmm. That depends. Um, and so, if, you know, anyway, yeah. you just got to jump on and yeah, yeah. No, it's a good frame. If you sell to distributors and then a distributor sells to the wholesaler, 
um, there's also the distributor wants some money too. So there's mm. there's a lot of mm. give and take. Yeah, lots of things to factor in. Yeah, for sure. No, it's good though. This has been super helpful in terms of like a, an overview. Obviously, we could go way deeper on all of this if we, if yes. we had time. But um, is there anything maybe that I haven't asked that you feel would be good to share just to round things out, or have we covered everything that you think we should? Oh well, like like you said, we could talk for hours. <laughs> There's so many things in wholesale and experience, and depending on where you're at and what you're wanting to do, um, one myth uh, that I would like to to talk about is is people think that they can get into wholesale and just sell something because it sells well. Yeah, right. I have, I have so many people, it's like beginners that just say, wow, this product, um, uh, you know, sells really well online. I can make money on it. No, that just because it sells really well online, <laughs> there's a lot of units being sold, does not yeah. mean that you can make money on it. The yeah, riches yeah. are in the niches. So I want to remind everybody that if it sells really well, there's a good possibility that that market or, or that product specifically is already being saturated and there's no margin left for you. So, uh, so, so, so definitely focus on the niches. And I, because I had somebody uh, the other day said, Hey, I want to sell like my own drop shipping brand and sell cereal. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Sell Cheerios? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, you're not. That's not going to work, right? You're going to need to sell like some like very specific cereal that is only for bicyclists that are women over the age of 55. Okay, like that's the type of cereal you want to sell. Like you want to get very niche on 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 when you're starting, right? Mm. And because then you can charge a higher price, you can have those margins, and 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 also serve more of a a better customer. So yeah. anyway, that's uh, that's my biggest recommendation to everyone yeah that's good and, and really helpful and i think that um you know there will be loads more that people will want to learn i'm sure but the good thing about that is you're a genius at this stuff so where can people find out more about it learn from you more connect with you where's the best place for people to find you absolutely so linkedin i'm isaiah fritz um also on twitter i'm isaiah fritz osp uh would be good you could also you know check out our website you know i'm definitely you know would you can always dm me i'm always there to try to provide value um and i'm always looking you know we're we're looking for brands that are already established brands that are you know doing millions of dollars in revenue that are non-amazon focused that's really our target customer non-amazon focused brands where we can go in and buy wholesale from them and be their exclusive partner so we're, we have a really good referral program where we pay at minimum ten thousand dollars to sign a contract all the way up to a hundred thousand dollars so you know any you know we're always looking for that if you want to reach out um but if any way i can help anyone out there i want to do it um i had a lot of people help me get to the point where i'm at and so I'm, i always feel like i'm giving back to help uh someone else so uh, obviously uh, you know i'm not like a super famous dude where i get like billions of of dms every day or something so i still have I, I still can, you know, I mean, don't try to take up hours and hours of my time, but you know, like I'm saying, yeah, if yeah, I can yeah. help you out, <laughs> you can definitely DM me and I'd love to help. 
Yeah, so. definitely. And you have some uh, events as well. well at the time of recording, you've got one just coming up very soon. Yeah. By the time it comes, out, the time it comes out, the event will have gone. But you are, you've got others planned in the future. And I, I looked at the event, and it's got a killer lineup of speakers. So yeah, I'm um, these are legit things, man. So um, people so can ecom keep summit that. is what it is. Hmm. Ecomsummit.com. And so it's it's not just me, but I am one of the. Uh, owners of the event, one of the founders of the event, um, it, and there's, it's kind of a long story how I get a, got into it. But I am not a majority owner of the event, um, and uh, but I, I'm definitely help promote Ecom Summit. Right now, it's in Chicago, August first and second. Nice. Like you said, it's going to be over by the time we release this. But um, we'd love you guys to keep an eye out and get on our email list for more events in the future. So um, we're we're thinking about having multiple events a year not just like one event a year and, and maybe different locales in the united states besides chicago so it's an event company so that's that's what it is it's an event mm -hmm. company for uh the amazon niche and e-commerce niche so it definitely follow us and we'd love you know our only goal is to provide value and to help each other and help each other be more profitable so that's mm -hmm. our goal Amazing. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for taking time out to be on the show. I know you're very busy. Um, it's been a value-packed episode. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Ben. You're, no you're a great guy. <laughs> Thanks, man. And uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed it listening as well and got loads out of that. If you do want to connect with uh, Isaiah, make sure you do that. We'll put the links in the show notes and the description below. Uh, explore this uh, potential revenue stream, exciting opportunities out there for sure. And uh, if we can help with anything, please do get in touch. And we'll see you in the next episode, same time next week. Take care.